Fuck you, buddy. They're bad. They're boys. And occasionally, they talk about running. Yes, it's the Bad Boy Running Podcast with your hosts, Jody Rainsford and David Heller. Come back. Baby, come back. Bye, 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 bye. Bye, 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 bye. I must admit I was a clone to be messing around. But that doesn't mean that you have to leave. Bye 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 bye. How you doing? I'm all right, my friend. How are you? Yeah, good, 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 good. Just um, just jet setting. You know, you say, just got back from somewhere else. Absolutely, yeah. Just just flew in from the Faroe Islands. Pretty pretty different. Pretty different. The Faroe. What were you murdering whales and dolphins? Actually, I didn't really know much about that until, until it seems to be you saw the, the only... blood over on the hands of all the people you met. Well, it's when I came out of the water and uh, I just looked as if I was uh, I'd been skinned myself. So uh, just blood everywhere, blood everywhere. But yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? It seems to be the only thing that it's known for. <laughs> well, it was it, like at the same time that you decided to go and do that, like social media is flooded with it, that, that, that annual event where they, they basically um, pack up um, and push dolphins and whales into a, into a bay and then, then, then murder them. Yeah, it's... I don't know much about it, actually. I think for them, because you can understand why they do it, given that there's nothing else for them to eat or to... Uh, everything's imported, really. Um, so you can understand. So they're like, they're like Iceland. They don't. They have no arable farming. They have nothing. They everything. Everything goes in. They've, they've got sheep and they've got salmon. There's always fucking sheep, isn't there? Sheep yeah. can live anywhere. I'm surprised yeah. there's not sheep in the Antarctic. Well, there are. You just can't see them because all the white. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, everywhere, everywhere. But um, yeah, it's an interesting one, especially because when we're out there, this guy called Andy Middleton, he's a lovely fella, yeah. who um, he's really big on sustainability and kind of recycling. And he he's, he invented coastal earring. Um, that's one of his claims to fame. So he Sorry, was out there. He invented it? Yeah, as, a, as something to do. He People didn't do it as an activity. And he... He's like, right, let's do this, and started a company, Coastal Earring, and, and now it's a thing that happens all around the world. Well, explain what it is. What is what's Coastal Earring? Coastal Earring is kind of like rock climbing, um, but you do it around the coast on uh, kind of cliffs so that if you fall, you fall into water. Yeah. So you're kind of climbing, climbing around, sometimes swimming, sometimes climbing up, sometimes jumping in. Um, do it all in wetsuits. Pretty good fun. Uh, but... He's, I think he's only ever flown three times because he's got quite strong views on, um, on carbon footprint and the like. And so he was out there to discuss uh, various things. I assume that was probably one of them because did he stomp. Did he stomp into the Faroe Islands? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. He um he dressed up as a whale and then is he vegan? Uh, I don't know. Oh, as you're talking vegan, oh mate, shame you're vegan. Cliff Bar wanted to send you a box of uh, of their new product. But, oh, do they? Well, you're not vegan. Well, you're not so vegan. You are vegan. I so am you vegan. are vegan. Yeah. They've got some new uh, nut butter bars have come out. They've just launched them. Oh, yeah. And they're amazing. 
<laughs> but they're they're not they're sorry they're they're not vegan friendly I'm afraid. Oh, are they not? No, killer. I can't remember why either. It's I amazing can't... because in this episode I wanted to talk about my love of Cliff Bar and the that podcast episode we were talking about. But they're so. But a Cliff Bar's vegan. A lot of yeah yeah a lot of them are. Oh maybe they are then. I'll check. I'll check. Um. How do I know? Hmm. In fact, I'll I'll check and then potentially send you some then. If uh, let's look at the wrapper. It's just because I've got off the plane, so I'm eating it because uh, I haven't had any chance to have dinner yet. It doesn't specifically say. I know it's all very good, and it's all organic, but I don't know if it's vegan. Yeah, yeah. There's well, loads may- of them are vegan. Well, maybe, maybe it will be vegan for you. I'll find out and uh, get a box over to you. But uh, yeah, he was he was over there talking to them about kind of sustainability and uh, developing. Is it talking to them? Who's them? To the the Faroese. Oh, the, what the greatest thing is called? They called Faroese. Faroese. But the way they say it, it sounds like fairies. <laughs> it never stops being fun. But that's the thing. Like, don't they believe in all that shit though? Like all their Vikings and fairies and shit. They they believe in all that anyway, don't they? I mean, they've got nothing else to. They've got nothing. You have nothing <laughs> else. You might as well believe in some bullshit like that. <laughs> yeah i mean while murdering you've got, whales you've got to come up with stories along those lines because there can't be much else gossip but in terms of pr for a for an island it's not the greatest like come and visit the faroe <laughs> island no this pharaohs are known for two things one being beaten by most um european countries eight or nine nil in football matches um but apart from scotland who they normally beat um and and that whale massacre so they're basically, basically then just known for massacres. <laughs> yeah, they are. Absolutely. <laughs> it's not a great position to be in. So maybe that's... Do you think their anger that they subject the whales... Absolutely. That's because it. They're, so, they're so beaten by everyone else that they just take their... It's like the kid who gets bullied at schools and, come, and comes home and then just starts um, strangling his cats and yeah, stuff like absolutely. that. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think that's it. I think that's it. So, so what was your... What, what was the name of the race? What was the what? What is what is it? Is this a new race? Is that I've never known anyone to fly to the Faroe Islands. I have no idea what the Faroe Islands are like. I just thought it was like a bit like the Falklands, but a bit closer. Yeah, I wasn't sure. In fact, should we get onto that later? Because that is one of the main. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that. The main meat of That's uh, the meat of this the podcast. Sandwich podcast. We've got. I'm gonna. I'll interview you. You are the guest on this podcast. And I'll oh, be likewise. You. So, I mean, the intention today is to do a bit of a roundup. We're going to finalise what the, the bet that Jody has with his 5K times. Are we going to finalise it? I don't... I, we, like, I'm sure... Are we, what, we're finalising it tonight? I think so. I think it's a good time as ever. But, the more um, I run, the more I realise that end of the year might, might be a little bit too um, punchy as a, as a target. I, I think it takes about six to eight weeks for your, your running to click in. Exactly, and I think so. I think end of end of the year for sub twenty two is going to be it's hard. It's going to be too hard. Oh, um, well, we've got where are we now? So that this podcast is being recorded, um, obviously the week that you're listening to it, but hypothetically, say, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've just we're li- we're talking to you live, pretty much. <laughs> this is on catch up. But say hypothetically, this was mid September. That would still give you uh, 
that would give you to the end of the year. You're looking at at least 14, 15 weeks. And I reckon six to eight weeks gets you up to speed. Oh, oh I tell you what, that is, that's, that's coming from someone that wants me to have a tattoo at the end of it. I'm, I mean, that that's obviously definitely what everyone wants. I think we, <laughs> we all accepted wants. that, aren't we? <laughs> um, I mean, I, I can't lie about that, but... Um, but before we before we even go into that topic, I mean, what's what's been happening with you? Have you uh, have you seen about UT, UTMB? Oh yes, UTMB. Loads of people are doing UTMB and its associated races, um, but it don't matter about them because they're all shit compared with um, the lady who decided to do it breastfeeding. Well, well, wait. Just to clarify, I mean, that makes it sound like she was breastfeeding the whole way around was she not well i mean i don't think she carried a baby the whole 170 very very disappointed now i've I've misread it haven't i yeah i mean that would be (laughs) that would be incredible (laughs) she didn't have she didn't have a uh, papoose she didn't have a running papoose she probably does a running papoose actually uh, does that exist i bet it does what even is a papoose (laughs) Oh, ye of little knowledge. You'll you'll know soon enough. A papoose it's is like, like a running porpoise. It's like a <laughs> yeah, it's a porpoise, but I'm just much posher than you. It's, That's true. It's um it's not true, is it? Everyone you're knows. Further, it's not you're true. further south, which makes you posher. You're closer to Winchester, which makes you both posher and it possibly contaminated. Um you uh papoose is what you hold a little baby in, like a, a front pack. Um, you know, like oh. a little. Not, in Brighton, it's normally pugs that are held in them, but um, just, everywhere it's like else, a, it's normally uh, normally a baby you put in a little papoose that you can carry around. So it's a baby fanny pack. It's a baby. Well, it's, it's not quite a fanny pack. It's it's more of like a a chest pack. A chest pack. Okay. okay. Chest pack. Chest pack with a baby in it. So actually, it's quite, it's probably quite a good strategy because the, the weight of the baby would actually balance out the about yeah. Actually, if you got if you got something in the pack on the back, you know, a couple of water bottles splashing onto the baby's head as you're running, absolutely fine. Um, but it's um, I mean, it's it's gone everywhere. It's it's incredibly viral. It, it's I think it's been in the Daily Mail. So what 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 was it? So what was the original reason? The original reason she she was doing it. Um, so what's the what's the name of the lady? Sophie Power. Sophie I mean, that, Power. Who, that's a pretty well, good that's name. A, that's a good name. Yeah. That is a great... That's the sort of the name that someone that owns a PR company would have. Hey, <laughs> who are you? I'm Sophie fucking Power. <laughs> yeah. If she doesn't Be own back. a PR company, I'll be so disappointed. Sophie I mean, Power. She probably strong. felt pressured into having to breastfeed in, on the run because of her name. So, so the reason it came about was it was a reaction to something the UTMB did, didn't they? So she was her A race... Yeah. Um, and they said to her, she wasn't allowed to, she, what was the thing? She wasn't allowed to like, she wasn't allowed to defer. She wasn't allowed to defer. That was it. Because That's right. Cause you're not allowed to defer through injury. And she was, she was claiming, uh, I think rather relevantly and correctly that being pregnant isn't really an injury. Um, and, uh, and so she, and, and I can understand that if you put, if you lose your points, and yeah. you don't necessarily plan on doing all of those 100 milers or multi-day races to get your points in the future, which, you know, as a young mother, she might not necessarily feel the need to. Um, 
Yeah, I can understand wanting to be like, well, this is my one shot. Is there really no discretion whatsoever where they can, they don't <laughs> yeah. look at it? Fuck you. I mean, like, I'm so, I'm glad she did that. Who've just thought, our oh, rules are rules. Who literally have zero empathy whatsoever with that situation. They're just like, you know, we don't do it. And delighted yeah. with what I've seen. She's made them look utterly ridiculous. Actually, what I quite like is um, normally, and maybe it's because I haven't actually read a lot of the comments, but normally you get lots of positivity, but then quite a bit of negativity. Yeah. But I've not really seen anyone um, kind of passing judgment or saying that it's, it's bad what she's done, which is great. Well, why would I don't understand why anyone? I, yeah, I know. No, I, I see what you mean. You normally get a, a shitload of trolls, but I don't. I, you know, I I generally think that um, uh, race organisers don't think about because, because they're they're generally male. That's it, isn't it? They're generally male, yeah. and so we just go, oh, whatever, uh, and we just dismiss it. And this is exactly what's happened in this situation. Exactly what's happened. I don't understand this. We don't understand this. You shouldn't be doing this. But um, I don't. The annoying thing is, I don't think it would have harmed them in any way, because I I think it's brought to the attention of what UTMB is to so many people that didn't know about it, and for most people that read social media, they'd have seen the photo, they'd have been like, "Yeah, right on, lady." No, no, no. But you say that, but everyone that does know UTMB is will think worse of UTMB, the organisers of UTMB, as a result. Uh, yeah, see, I didn't actually really know the subtext of why she was doing it like that because, you know, I'd I'd read a, I'd read someone else's oh, Instagram really? post or someone's share, and that's the trouble now these days. If you're making a point, unless you unless you oh, unless you own it, someone else yeah. is going to put a spin on it. Yeah, or unless you absolutely emblazon it on the photo that's taken, then people just don't have the time or the inclination. Or it gets edited out, so it just turns into, you know, badass lady, so badass that has baby, runs UTMB, still breastfeeds. But she's been doing that, a lot, she's been doing a lot of press around it. Like everyone's been all over it. So yeah. every, anyone in the like in the running world will know the reasons for it, and any yeah. woman will know the running reasons. Yeah, I mean, for me, I th- I think I personally think that races should always defer anyway. Because maybe not a week before or when it actually affects um, the logistics of the race. But a race like UTMB, 107 miles that you have to have points that are going to vanish. If you're not allowing people to defer in the first place, you're forcing them into Mm. decisions that aren't good for them or good for the race. And you're worried about people's safety. Well, how about making someone who's injured do a race that they're not physically prepared for? You're absolutely right. You're absolutely, that's absolutely, you're, you've got that absolutely spot on. I completely agree with that. You're and making people, make, you're, you're, you're creating, you're creating stakes that are far too high for them. And they mm. don't, and they know that there's going to be a financial investment and time investment over the years to come if they don't do it at this point. That's the, that's the worst situation in which to, in which to race. Yeah. And that the pressure, and especially as, um, sure, the first year that you agree that all people can defer up till, three weeks out or four weeks out, whatever it may be. But then the next year, it doesn't actually change anything financially because you just there's enough people that do the race that it's just a percentage that happens every year. And you just change the names, which might take an hour or two, but that's it because those people defer and then they take the place of the people next year who've deferred 
for the next year. We need, to, just have a... we need, we need to have a whole episode on deferments because that is the like, it's like the biggest scam in. Yeah, it is. It's incredible. It's the biggest scam in racing. Yeah, uh, and and I can understand if a race charges a five pound admin fee. Yeah, because it that does actually costs them time for someone to go in and do it and it is quite fiddly depending on what your your crm tool is um but yeah it is such a con and especially the bigger the race the bigger the con and um and actually i i probably shouldn't say this should i say this? i probably shouldn't say it, but um with, with <laughs> we probably NBA, shouldn't say it but we're gonna say it well I, it's just because i don't want to really i like i like the people involved and i don't really want to encourage everyone to be doing this but um, when I was injured for the MDS, I, I was going to be doing it with um, a friend, Misha, my friend, Tom, quite a few others. Um, and I, I got, I picked up a, a big injury then I knew from probably six months out, wasn't going to be able to do it. Yeah. And there was no deferral there either. Six months um, out. Yeah. 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 Cause I was out for six months or so with an injury. So by the time I came back, I knew I've, I haven't got time to train up for this. Um, it'd be stupid to try and attempt it. So I was going to lose my place, uh, lose the money. And so, I mean, thankfully at the time I, I had a commission and I basically said, look, I can write an article about the MDS or I can write an article about the cost of the MDS and the pressure that not being able to defer puts on runners oh. and how... Oh, you, um, you blackmailed them. Well, basically, I was just honest. I said, look, guys, you know, I don't want to do this, but I've been asked to write an article about the MDS. I'll either run it or I'll have to write an article about the MDS when I'm not running it. And what do you think that's going to be? And I mean, is that bad to do that? Oh, yeah, I totally do that. I love that. And so they were like, OK, yeah, um, please don't tell anyone. Whoops. <laughs> 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 Whoops. all right now. Sorry, guys. That's brilliant. But actually, I mean, they, and I know the guys now, and they are—they're um, really good, and they're really nice about it. And and actually, there are some things that I think do restrict their ability because of the, the numbers on planes, all these other things, um, insurance, six and months actually, out, six months out. Maybe not six months out, but I know they—there there is an element of the hassle, but also where. But the thing got, is, for a race like MDS or a race like Brighton mm. Marathon or a race like London Marathon, something like that. There'll always be people that take those last minute places. You're, you know, you're never, yeah. you're, that's the thing, isn't it? You're never going to have a situation where you're like, oh, we're not enough people have turned up for this race. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, and I, I think they're, I mean, London Marathon, absolutely. Things like half marathons, and I can understand them saying, no, you're not going to get your money back because actually it's just a half marathon that if you miss it, so what? It's not, you know, and you can walk it and you'll be fine or get your mate to to switch in but um with these big events where people really have been building up to them yeah it's it's just it's just crazy that they're that the whole time they're talking about safety and yet everything about their acceptance policy and their um, that's absolutely right yeah we need to we need to do a, fro- a full episode on this who we need we speak to a lawyer we need to get a lawyer in and we need to get the system on trial and even even insurance uh, company would be quite interesting to talk to. Yeah, you're right. Just, what, what, it, what, what are your... Yeah, because they, they always talk about this insurance, don't they? But actually, yeah. is that the truth? I don't imagine that is at all. I imagine insurance, be, insurance companies would be like... Well, it'd be worse that people are running who are, are fully unprepared or injured. Yeah, and 
and it'll be interesting actually not necessarily just relating to that just to hear because Andy um, with White Star Running he was talking about how he saw in the future that it was almost going to be the end of big uh, or kind of medium size road races yeah because, because insurance was, was becoming so um, exhibitingly expensive yeah and um, and so sorry, prohibitively expensive. So it'll be interesting to actually hear from them what kind of conditions they set in place, and what their requests are, and especially things like you know rat race. You you take a lot of equipment with you when you go out onto the mountains. Same with OM. You know they've got a lot of big mandatory checklists. Yep. How much of that is is down to the actual insurance companies and how much is it is down to that you know what do they actually specify it'd be really interesting to actually understand that so yeah, um absolutely well do better if you know someone who is involved in um insurance for races let Race us know insurance we're actually right so this is this is how this is how punk we are we're actively looking for someone to <laughs> talk to about race insurance and to be fair it's probably quite useful for us to chat to them about um, insurance for for the podcast as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait, what what level of insurance? Wait a minute, shouldn't you know an insurer for uh, uh, the Great British Marathon? Oh yeah, I mean uh, we we do we they they do they deal specifically with um, with, with breweries rather than races. So it's, it's not going to be relevant to this. Or obviously, I'd I'd involve those guys. Uh, I know them very well, very well, very well, very cheap, very 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 cheap. I say that about them. <laughs> Very cheap indeed. So uh, now could be quite a good time then to talk about the terms of your bet. What what have what have people been saying on the group? There's been all sorts of uh, suggestions. I don't know how I mean, many of them are that serious as well. I don't know. Some of them are part. There's a lot of sadism involved with this. Some people want to hurt you bad. Some people want to hurt me bad. Some people yeah, want indeed. both of us to hurt bad. I think that info uh, that. The um, real buzz and Edinburgh Marathon might have infiltrated the group. <laughs> yes, think. this is their this is their uh, their technique. Yeah, this is this is their revenge. So, um, well, we've had we've someone suggested that I think Dave Dave Lavington suggested that I'd have to uh, to get a a stick man doing press ups. Should you? I think it's, I just up. don't I just I don't think there should be any situation where, but if I succeed. You have to get a tattoo or something. I just I don't think it's fair. Okay, okay. I'm I don't think that's fair. That. I don't think I just I don't think I I don't like it. Like with the with the Colin McCourt thing, it was you know he he lost his friends lost money. Um, yeah. Uh, but they didn't have to do something like that, and I just think that if it's like if there's a like zero sum game to it, I don't think that's fair. I don't. I, just, I don't think it's enjoyable either because you're you're not really going to be wanting me to. I mean, like if you've got like a hundred quid stake in it or something, that's a hundred quid stake or a hundred quid of other people's money via Kickstarter. But um, if um, if you have to have a tattoo, you you you're like on a spiritual level. Why have I turned into a hippie? On a spiritual <laughs> level, you're not going to want me to succeed, are you? No, absolutely. Yeah, and I don't want that to happen. I felt I know what that feels like because you were doing that when I was running fucking nuts, <laughs> and I don't want that to happen but, again. <laughs> to be fair, I didn't. Um, I didn't actually at any point um, try and scupper your attempt. At nuts? No, 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 you didn't. I know you didn't. 
But other than other than three words, other three words, yeah, and everyone knows that words are, are, are the least important thing ever. Um, I don't know. So what? Are, so what are the terms of this? I I know that a year from so basically a year from now I will have to go sub twenty. That that is the ultimate aim, isn't it? Sub twenty because that is what will define me as a a decent a decent runner. Yeah. Okay. So, so a year, year from- a year from now. A year from now, okay. You see, I think a year from now is too far. Oh, you think, that's it? you think that's too easy? No, no, no. I, but I think for you, you almost need a more focused, because like saying in a year's time is like going, yeah, of course I'm going to learn Spanish before I die. You're never going to learn Spanish, buddy. You're just putting it off because it's, it's, it's okay, too okay. far away. So it's do not you, tangible. Okay, so do you think okay, it changes? As soon as I hit the target, it then becomes six months from that point. Yeah, 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 yeah. That'd be better. So as soon as I hit 22, it's yeah. six months to hit 21. And then if I hit 21 before, it's six months from that point. Yeah, that's good. That's better. So that I don't have a, I don't have a, I hit 21 in like three months time. And then I've got another nine months to try and get to Yeah, because you'll lose focus and actually... It, it's... Yeah, yeah, that's a better way of doing it. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, so... Sub so and and what what would you like if you you get your sub twenty? Uh, a shitload of cash, really. Shitload of cash. <laughs> How about a shitload of cash? I don't. What what else? What 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 else is there? Yeah, I mean, this could we could do all the people that have ever been rude to me uh, in reviews and stuff like that. That for them to. That is a lot of money, JD. That is a lot of that is. I I know. I'd be. I'll be a billionaire if that if that happened. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. The money. The money's. I don't know if money would motivate me that much, actually. But um, I I think you're going to be fairly motivated anyway, uh, just through. But it's it's it, it's it the size of the stick that's going to push you, or is it the size of the carrot? That is the. Probably the most sinister phrase that you've ever uttered on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I, I think um, I think a confluence of um, so didn't you had some ideas about things that you you that, that would be pretty good for you to do if I if I succeeded. But I don't things I don't want them to be so bad that it would end up with some like permanent markers on your body. I, I just don't want. I just don't think it would be fair. I don't want a tattoo. And I don't wish upon you a tattoo. You See, don't. I, you, you don't really want me to have to. You think it would be, it'd be fucking hilarious if I totally failed and got a tattoo. But I don't think ultimately you want me to have a tattoo. You, you'd much prefer it if I succeeded. I, that would be I, that would be funnier, I, wouldn't you? I think you underestimate me, Jay. <laughs> I think you overestimate me. You over. <laughs> I'd be I'd be sending down the journalists uh, <laughs> undercover while you're getting it done. <laughs> I don't think you'd have to send down any journalists. I think literally I'd be surrounded. <laughs> but I am. Um, I was thinking what would be quite funny is um, if you succeed that I have to run a marathon where I've um, we've poured could be peanut butter, could be chocolate sauce, whatever you want down the back of my legs from the start. <laughs> so it looks like I've genuinely shat myself for the whole marathon. <laughs> Because <laughs> I think that would be, I think that would be an interesting experience and pretty humiliating. As I, tell, well. I tell you what, would make that a hundred percent better. 
if you were in a t-shirt that said powered by caffeine bullet on it. <laughs> I mean, so you're both, you're both embarrassing yourself and destroying your business as well. Destroying the... <laughs> destroying uh, your brand at the same time. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'd have to think about that second part. Because <laughs> <laughs> anything, you wouldn't want anything, that game viral, Anything for a free tea. <laughs> well... I don't know. It depends. If you done a, if you did a PB in it, to be fair, I I don't think I'm going to be doing a PB with that kind of the uh, the weight, even the weight. The weight. No, no. I don't think you should do it for the whole, full marathon. I think you, you basically you do it, or like do the half marathon, run into a uh, a peanut butter station, the BBR peanut <laughs> butter station. We lather you up, <laughs> and then and then you carry on. But I like the idea as well. So I do that. And then I've got one hand completely covered as well. <laughs> and, then, and then everyone is doing high fives. You go past. Yeah. <laughs> we, can re- we can have refueling stops along the way. This should be great. This is quite good, actually. I don't good. want to do this. This is good as an idea generally, and not nothing to related to this bet. Just as this idea. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't think I'd do it as an official pacer for the math. So <laughs> I'd have to find a non-London one. Um, but I mean, although that would say dedication beyond, wouldn't it? Get your oh, runners in, no <laughs> matter what. And these kids with their hands out, and you come with the hands <laughs> dripping with fucking peanut butter. The 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 look on their faces. <laughs> Oh, it would be good. It would be good. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I think that could be it. I think that's. I think if I if I hit. So what is that? That is if that's the ultimate thing. If I if I hit sub twenty. No, I think that's so. You've, I think that's a sub twenty one. So okay, so sub twenty one. So what happens if I hit sub twenty? Sub twenty within six months of hitting sub twenty one. Is that doable? The thing is, I don't know whether that's doable. I don't know whether that sounds ridiculous or not. I have no idea. All of this is just... Is... I, th- I still don't really have a... Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I still don't have really a sense of, of what you're capable of. Um, I don't think you do, because I don't think we've really tested it. I know, well, I... I, I... Did I tell you I went to... Uh, it was Libby's... It was Libby's this... This is completely different. So this is this sounds like we're going off on a tangent, um, and we are. And that's if you've not listened to the podcast before, fucking hell, you've picked the worst episode to, to jump in on. So um, it was Libby's fortieth um, uh, birthday this weekend. Oh, cool! Yeah. Happy birthday, Libby! Yeah, she's old like you. Yeah, uh, and I'm still I'm still in my thirties, and I know no one believes that. No one believes that at all. They're like, yeah, but I am. I really am still in my thirties, um, and. Uh, and so, but the day before was my best mate's 40th. Mm. And so I, so I haven't actually drunk the whole weekend. It's like, so I went up to his party and I met someone, um, uh, an, uh, uh, an old friend of um, his wife's and she's got married. And uh, I introduced myself. I'm like, hi, Jodie. And he goes, Jodie, you, did you run the uh, marathon to Saab? I'm like, you're my best mate. What was the point I was making? I don't think I was making any point, actually. I just wanted to mention that. Actually, I can't remember what the point I was making. <laughs> was it was related to something. What was it related to? Related to testing how fast you, you could actually be. 
Yes, yes, that was it. And we were talking, yeah, no, that was it. We were talking about that. And I was, I was Mate, thinking. Mate, no wonder everyone thinks you're old. You're bloody senile. I know. <laughs> but it was, what, that, was, that was seven years ago. That was seven years ago that I um, pioneered the, the, literally no one had run um, the Marathon de Sable until then. Um, it's, yeah, I it mean, was unheard it's, uh... of. It was, it, I mean, it was literally unheard of until I ran it, until men's running covered it. Well, I think until that happens, no one believes that they could do it themselves. But as soon as you have, <laughs> yes, yeah, people are aware. People are like, like oh, all right, this is fine. I was the everyman. I was the I was the everyman. <laughs> that was it. Did it? Um, so the point I was making was that um, I've totally forgotten. What was the point I was making? You keep mentioning it. I don't know. Fucking hell! I've had, like, never a, I've had like a fucking, I've had a bottle of wine, and I, I'm I can't remember anything now. <laughs> So you, you've never t- truly tested what you're capable oh, of. Oh, no, that was it. That At that point, I, that's when I felt I'd really tested what I was capable of. And I felt I was making, like, incredible progress doing that because I was I was the thinnest I'd ever be. I was, like, I was the same, like, weight I was when I was 18. That was the thinnest I've ever been. Um, that's the hardest I was working. Um, and, you know, and if it wasn't for a chest infection, I think I'd have got faster and I've got better. Um, mm. And I got a chest infection about, uh, what's it called, about uh, five weeks out from the MDS. And I managed to just recover just in time, actually. And it was fine. It was like a, a, an extended taper, but actually it was fine. But even at that point, I think I could have still still done better um, and still improved and stuff. And it, that was a point when I was thinking, you know, my, my, my strategy for the, for the MDS was to finish comfortably rather than it to be a horrible slog like every single race has been since then. But uh, but I kind of, I knew at that point, you know, when you're really in tune with your body, you knew at that point what your what your level was. You really knew what, you know, what you're capable of. And it at that point, I knew it. And a couple of years after, when I got back into fitness to, in order to run uh, South Downs Way 100, the, uh, my first 100, I, 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 I kind of get it. And that's when I set my, my 5K time, my 5K PB. And I really felt it. And like you say, like now, I have no idea. I, I just don't know. I, if I went out and ran now, it would be awful. But I'd know that that, wouldn't, that isn't really a, a good representation of the, the time that, um, that it, it, it really is. So maybe using your, your, your thing that it takes five to six weeks to get back into it, it's going to take, we're still about, what's it called, three or four weeks away from me knowing what I'm possibly capable of. Based on, based on that assessment. I, I don't think that's even you, your quickest. I think it's just to, it takes that long for you to like start training hard before you really feel like you're running again. Like it's, you get three or four weeks of just kind of running yeah, through and, sludge. And, and, and that's it. And that's the thing. I'm like, with those, with, with those 5k times, those are accidental 5k times. That's not like me aiming for mm-hmm. those 5k times. That's mm-hmm. me just rocking up as a 5k as part of a bigger training plan. And oh, it just so happens I've done really well in this 5K. It's not like me going, I'm I'm gonna hit, I'm gonna improve my 5K every single time. So there's no focus on the 5K. So I, I'm completely uncharted territory here, in terms of knowing what I am capable of and stuff. So it's that's why it makes it very difficult to set what I'm 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 supposed to do, um, which which doesn't help this situation because I I don't want to I I. I Thing is, I just don't want to fail at another fucking challenge that you set me. <laughs> if that's possible, is that okay? <laughs> so just to recap, then, so your 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 five k PB time is twenty 
21-13. That's my 5K BB from uh, 2014. So, if by the end of the year you don't break 21... So 22, because this was the point we were making. So, originally, so if you're not listening to the episode, the point I was making is that Colin McCourt, it's easier for him to do a... Um, uh, in no way taken away from his challenge, because he was big, but I was saying it's actually... He knows what it takes to do a sub-16 5K, because he's done it before. Therefore, he, he has it has an element of muscle memory. He knows the level of training that you need to do it, everything like that. I'm, I said I won't, it was difficult for me to go sub-20, because I've never gone sub-20, and then you cleverly pointed out that well, you should be able to do sub twenty two then because your your PB is twenty one thirteen. And I'm like, shit, good point. Actually, are we making a bet here? And 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 that's that's the point you're making, isn't it? That so tw- sub twenty two should be easy for me because I've done it before. Yeah. So if you if you go sub twenty one before the end of the year, no sub twenty two, run... sub twenty two before the I... end of the year. I don't know, but if you go sub-21, that's when I have to do the peanut butter spread. Sub-21 by the end of the year? That's insane. Yeah. Mate, you got this for sure. Yeah, but, but so when do I... But it's a sub-22, I don't... Sub-22 is the tattoo. No, no, no. So, um, are we still going with tattoo? So if I go sub-22... If I go sub-22... But I, I even think by the end of the year is too ambitious for me. I think by the end of January. Okay, we can get end of January. End of January. End of Jan- so end of January, sub twenty-two. Then yeah. I avoid a tattoo. Okay. Okay. Is that good? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that should hopefully be because forty-five second leeway as well off off your PB then is quite a lot. Okay. So I think that should be good. Yeah. And then if you if you break twenty-one before the end of January, that's when I have to do a marathon. With peanut butter jelly time. Okay. 21 by end of January. Okay. And then... If I so, break, so what happens if I break 20? So within six months of breaking 21, what happens then? What do I win? Come on, that's big prizes for oh, me at this point. God, this is where... What do, I mean, see, what, what do you want then? What is the... I want cash. What, what be cash. In solid cash. cash. Solid cash. Because I want, I want to do one of these impact marathon races. That's what I want to do. How about this? How okay. about this? All right, go on. We asked the do-badders to donate to a fund. If you go sub-21, so sub-20, that money is yours to spend however you want. If you don't go sub-20, that money is to be spent on an Iron Man place. Oh my God, that's brilliant. Oh my God, that is utterly brilliant. <laughs> you found the, the reason for me to, for, to, that's really clever. <laughs> oh God, you are so good. I love you. That's brilliant. Brilliant, are we on? That's brilliant, That we're on. That is the deal. Oh, perfect. You've heard it that here, Nick. That is the deal. Nick, do not lose this episode, Nick. Do not. Do not edit this out somehow. That is excellent. That is exactly that is exactly the motivation needed. Oh mate. If I don't imagine... go sub twenty, I've got to do Iron Man. I think we'd have to retire as a podcast if you did an Iron Man. Oh, we'd start up Bad Boy Triathlon or something. Actually, no, I don't think we would. I think we'd have to retire as a podcast if you didn't finish an Iron Man. Oh my god, there's another challenge beyond that. If I fail actually, if oh. I failed that, I'd have failed. 
miserably in literally everything. We should just start by <laughs> failing a podcast where I fail. It's just called Jody, Jody Does Failure. And you set me challenges and I fail her. <laughs> we should do a Jody a challenge, Jody. It's like challenge. challenge. You go into these poor countries and you make nothing better. <laughs> it gets worse. <laughs> I go in, I, all they need is a football pitch and I end up starting a civil war and I'm like shit <laughs> it always ends with it's like the end of Ace Ventura 2 it always ends with you legging it to try and get to the car get to the plane <laughs> that's brilliant that's brilliant fantastic okay well there's a challenge that's it that's sorted we've done it that's brilliant oh that is utterly brilliant that's utterly brilliant money goes into a fund and if it yeah. doesn't it ends up ends up paying for me to do it oh man so do better we'll um we'll get the fund on there and uh we'll create what would it be like a gofundme page is that the type of thing i don't i don't how much does an iron man cost they're not Look, cheap th- this is going to make me angry isn't it i'd imagine it's going to be at least 200 200 quid Oh, what, what, if it's one of the shitty ones in Bolton or something? Bolton, yeah. Oh, wait a minute, I've just looked, I've just like, cost of Iron Man. And someone's written, on the high end, just the equipment alone could cost an Iron Man athlete around (laughs) $17,000. What? 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 That must be to get the best bike to fly, to fly your bike to Hawaii. Yeah, it's got, but, um, oh, you've got a bike, right? I've got, I've got like a mountain bike type thing which I've used. I literally have. Libby bought it for me like twelve years ago, and I've used it three times. Brilliant. Well, I mean, what that, better? That way sounds to perfect, doesn't it? it sounds yeah. perfect. Ideal, indeed. Um, fantastic. Well, um, do better. We'll flesh this out in the group. Any other suggestions or any? You know, if you tell us what you think. Good idea, bad idea, easy, hard. And if you want to also take on the challenge yourself, I think mm. we should get do batters also. Um... A, I think there's a lot of do batters in the group. They're going to do we do want to do five k. So what we will do, we'll set up a, a 5k challenge thing. We'll all I think we'll all help each other out in the 5k. Try and hit our uh... oh, which reminds me, we found another group that's very that's very similar to our sense of humour. Have we? Parkrun laughs. Parkrun laughs. I thought, I thought when it was originally brought up about Parkrun Last as a Facebook group that they were going to, I thought it was an oxymoron. I'm like, how, how can you, how can you associate humour with Parkrun? I was thinking this is going to be one of these dull groups. And actually, they're quite up for a laugh, aren't they? I've not had a look. I've Have not... you not? They're hey. pretty good. Benjamin oh, Ficken, really? Benjamin Ficken, who is our chief agent going into other groups and posting uh, hilarious stuff, posted something about, um, him shitting him, a friend of his possibly shitting himself on a park run because of the amount of caffeine bullets. He's, he's doing a great job promoting your product. Um, posted, like, saying that basically, he, <laughs> he, oh. <laughs> well, the name's got out there. Uh, yeah. The name's got out there. I don't know. All publicity is good publicity, is it? I think he's a park run director as well, or he has been he at a time. Park, but but he, you know, he, he, he's good when he goes and infiltrates groups. But the responses they had are very promising. Not none of this Parkrun discussion group bullshit. They 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 seem a, like a fun group of people. Oh, um, fantastic! And as well, I said, thing... and as I said, guys, we're not a cult, but let's use this as a recruitment opportunity. 
Absolutely. I mean, the, the thing is, there's there's nothing intrinsically you know wrong with parkrun in any way. We love it. And... We love no. That's absolutely. We love parkrun. Please don't forget that. Anyone that goes, well, you've got a problem with parkrun. We love parkrun. We just don't like people who take parkrun seriously. Yeah. Well, we hate officialdom. Overly officialdom. We hate exactly. the French, basically. <laughs> we hate the French, exactly. <laughs> so, um, oh, that's great then. So, um, oh, that's good. So, we've got some positive news. We've Finally, some, some positive some news positive about Parkrun. It's what from... people have been waiting for. <laughs> it was. Parkrun laughs. Seems that they're a good, they're a good bunch of good. They basically there was like a thirty-eight um, comment post about shitting. Um, <laughs> it's 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 the most hilarious. It's pretty damn funny. Um, and he he kicked it off, and it was it was pretty good. Caffeine really they... comes up a lot of times. I don't know if that's the thing that you want associated with it or not. Oh, I, I don't know. I've got not really. I've, I don't think I've got my choices about it currently, do I? I did start that ball rolling. So. <laughs> and you could and you could have a a, a shitload of uh, peanut butter down your backside. Uh, yeah, absolutely. At the same time. Yeah, I mean, I might I might have to wear a rival brand's top for that. Oh my god, that would be amazing. That would be quite good, and especially if I've got one of those gel belts with all of their products around the sides. What could uh, you, if you were going to run in an Edinburgh Marathon top, what else would you carry with you to demonstrate that you needed hydration? A bowl of bo- broccoli. <laughs> a bowl of broccoli. Some uh, some salted peanuts that people have pissed in at the bar or something <laughs> like that. In there. But um, oh great, well. You've heard you've heard it, heard it here first. People parkrun laughs. Get in there. Would they um are they are they happy with people talking about racing and you know trying to win stuff and oh are they they seem to be as as obvious that it's a race as everyone else. Oh good. So they're I just what I'm they're just normal for, people. I, what I'm waiting for I'm waiting for the other I'm waiting for Ben um, Pitfield to turn up with knockoff merch <laughs> to try and sell to the parkrun crew. <laughs> I, I think that's going to be quite brilliant when it happens. <laughs> But um, from from one race to another, we uh, we'll get back to what we we're discussing a little bit before. Onto the Faroe Islands. Oh yeah, I'm just this. I mean, like when you talk about there's certain races that you know about and you have like on your radar and stuff, and there's certain races just like when you said I'm like I'm going for a run in the uh, Faroe Islands. I'm like one, are the Faroe Islands big enough to be able to do a race? And two, what the fuck? What what yeah. what, what, what? Where did this come from? So this is one of the Love Trails um, new events. So uh, if you don't know, have you met Theo or Sarah, Sarah Pritchard? No, I haven't. Love... No, I haven't. No. So they put on Love Trails and they decided to put on the first race, uh, which was Faroe Islands. And it's, I think it's sponsored by UTIV because it's called the UTIV. I have no idea what it's called, actually. Um, but it's it, it was a series of races. You had the, the 13K half marathon, marathon and ultra which was i'm gonna say 60k and uh yeah they just decided let's find somewhere that hasn't got an ultra put one on and faroe island's obviously pretty epic scenery is it no i don't know anything about the faroe i just is it epic scenery i don't know anything at all how do they know how do they know that faroe island's had epic scenery that's i mean they went out there but i don't know if they went out there before and then thought this would be a great place for a race or whether they were looking for a location and thought, let's check some places out. Um, or they've got personal links. 
Oh, actually, Theo, Theo d- does have a friend who um, is is a fer- is Faroese. So maybe that was the link. Oh, okay. Because he did seem to manage to, to to pull a lot of strings when he was out there, and and actually that's the thing about going to races in in either small communities or faraway places. A lot of the time, it means that the entire community gets involved. And you, and, and the thing is, that's great. That I mean, that really is great when um, when that happens. And uh, it, it's difficult to know when you've not experienced that because you've been part of a big race. But when you go to, and that happens with a, a lot, you know, in the old days of ultra running, um, but with um, a lot of races like that, when, when communities get involved, it, it takes on something completely different. It feels yeah. completely different from a, yeah, uh, you know, Hackney 10K type thing. Yeah, absolutely. And and that was that was their aim with this. And actually... So the the Faroe Islands is like um, like Iceland actually. It's a smaller Iceland, but not without. Um, hasn't got geysers. It hasn't got. So it's an uh, uglier Iceland. That's what you're saying. It's a stripped bear. Yeah. It's the stripped. ugly the ugly brother of uh, Iceland. The little brother. Yeah. And if you're wondering where it is, it's basically if you go from Scotland to the Inner Hebrides, then the Outer Hebrides, it's between them and Iceland. And so, um, but yeah, I mean, as a place. It's it's got nothing there in terms of really infrastructure. It's, I think the the city had fifty thousand people in uh, the capital city. The whole place has got eighty thousand people for all of the islands, and um, their industry is fishing, shipping, and then tourism. And so um, what they do as a, as a as a race, I think they felt some responsibility of right what are people actually going to do other than the race because once they're here there's not really much to do in in the fair islands and in their temperature the peak of summer is 15 degrees and the whole time we were there between 12 and 15 degrees no matter if it is day or night and and so you could do hiking you could do but they yeah it's not somewhere you go and spend weeks and weeks and weeks um so actually they then put on a whole schedule of events it's a bit like love trails to some extent so on the on the friday night we got there and most people staying in little groups of airbnbs and it was a community because it it tended to be friends of theo or friends of friends of theo and sarah so you had your, your midnight runners your project awesome people um and and different groups rather than individual people coming um but yeah friday night they put on um some talks there was this talk by a guy who was a Faroese, and it just seems like the, the, his story was about him doing this amazing swim. But to, before he did that, he told us why he did it. And uh, there was this folk folklore, uh, true story, where it, it just involved everyone killing each other. And then this guy swims from one island to another, and they then kill him as well. <laughs> All we knew at this stage was the whale deaths. And then this story of them all killing each other's families and this revenge going on for hundreds of years. So you're getting quite a, quite a narrow view of, of what the, the locals are like. Um, but they put on a film night, which is great. Um, so everyone was there just chilling out. And then, um, but the race itself, you, it, it sets off at different so, times. So is the race a continuous race or a multi-day race or, or, or what is it? So they had one day that this, on the, the Saturday, you started from around six o'clock in the morning throughout the course of the day. 
and over all the races there are only about 250 people so it was really really intimate and quite a small number i obviously was going there tactically trying to do well i was going to do the ultra but i hadn't been training well you so said that you said down. that before yeah you were going to do the yeah. ultra, drop down to the marathon Dropped down to marathon, but then I strained my calf at the Red Bull race the week before, uh, last week. So I then dropped down to the half marathon, only to find out that Tom Owens, um, GB fell racer, was doing the half marathon. Joe Dale, who um, he's the physio I spoke to, who we're going to talk to we'll talk about later to do with Love Track, um, who also is a kind of fifteen minute. 5k runner yep. had dropped down to the half marathon as well and then dave finch who runs project Ma- uh, project awesome very similar speed to me he's kind of come back from injury so he's he dropped down to the half marathon so having gone for what i thought was basically uh oh, not feeling that great i'll just do the half turned out to be by far the most competitive <laughs> <laughs> amazing actually i'll do the ultra guys yeah, I know. I was probably was like, should I upgrade? But no, nah, I mean, my, I just, I, and I'm glad actually, because bloody hell was it hard. Um, but I knew I was going out into this race at best aiming for third. Um, and that's without knowing that there might be other runners who could be, you know, very good runners that I just, I just don't know personally. But um, yeah, amazing scenery. You start on a beach, head up into the mountains and it's a bit like Iceland in that it's it's incredibly rocky, grass everywhere, um, varied terrain. But you hit a certain height and you can suddenly be in thick clouds and then you can escape it as well just by going a bit higher. But um, I didn't realize it was going to be a full on fell race. And I was speaking to Charlie, who does the the um, the lake uh sky races and he said actually that he thought in terms of technicality the ultra was as long it, it, it would basically be the longest hardest fell race that you get in terms of their classifications yeah which is pretty full-on for the vast majority of people being kind of people who are from london but see themselves more as a trail runner yeah but but a trail runner from london so someone that that just means they run in Hampstead Heath rather than along the river um so most people it, it to said it sent it reminded me of, of uh, Sierra Leone and Street Child whatever was going there with these lovely intentions of like doing these longer races without really taking on board exactly how hard that, that <laughs> would be so we were doing the the, the 13 that the half marathon had I think 18, 16 or 1800 meters of ascent which is it's quite a lot. It's quite a it's lot not, for a half marathon, yeah. It's not insane, no. but when it's not trail, that then changes things. Because a lot of it was like running the OM, where you're not on trail in any way. No, when you say you're not on trail, you mean literally just grassland or... Yeah, absolutely. Right. And so, so you mean that no defined path, that's what you mean by... Yeah, no right. defined path. Or, or actually, some of them were... Are they called sheep tracks of sheep trails where it, it looks like a path but actually it's so narrow that you can't really run in it because it hurts your foot because uh, it's you can't really get a, a, a foot width into the groove that's been created 
but the and and that's the thing it was so and as soon as i i was halfway out that first hill if you've, if you've ever been in a race where you just hit the first bit of something hard and you and your body just tells you yeah we have not trained for this <laughs> like, <laughs> we are not we are not match ready in any way oh my god um calves were just burning but it was really really technical you you when we were running down it was always at an angle and it it was hard enough that your tendons on your ankles were really starting to strain and tire and you're getting tired in a completely different way to how you normally race because normally it's just general fatigue or your, your lungs burning whereas this was muscle fatigue and tendon t- fatigue you know or the sinew really just oh my god um and so we were then up in the mountains i was hoping to you know race down hard and start flying yeah. when i could but even the downhills you're you're running where the earth is sliding away from you rocks are falling really really technical stuff i mean amazing what, what like like what scree yeah 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 scree. you're scrambling the yeah, scree awful awful it's just horrible running on that i just i'm i'm the sort of per- i personally i hate that like some people absolutely love that they just love the the whole thrill of that stuff and when i look at that i'm like this is the shittest thing i've ever done <laughs> Oh, uh, I mean, no, I've done I've done a lot of walking, you know, in, the, in sort of like the fells and like Lake District and stuff like that, and I just you know this that, that doesn't interest me in any way. Um, but some people love that. Yeah, that's and it's just really hard. Yeah, and that's that's what you don't realise until you're doing it that one mile running in that is oh, so many more. Oh, it really. I mean, it really is. It's just the most painful sl- that, and that, that's what that's the most frustrating thing about it if you ever on a terrain like that where you're and you're used to making like quick progress and you and you and you and you get like paranoid about how other people are doing it fucks with your mind in a way that you just can't believe because yeah. you're, you're slowed to a pace that you just don't know you just don't know what to do with yeah, and, and especially if you're not ready for it, if you haven't prepared. That yeah, that's absolutely, be... that's it. And, and that's normally it's, that's all about preparation. It's all about having raced that, having experience on on a on that hill or on those on those fells or or wherever. But we we got up into the so the, the of the four races, I think it was only the half that had these issues. But after about six seven miles, um, it was really foggy. And you're following these pink flags, which were pretty visible, um, but not in thick fog. You know, there was only a certain distance you could actually see it from. And suddenly the flags begin to vanish. And you're, you're, you're running where you've been used to seeing a flag fairly regularly. And if you follow the general direction that the last flag was in, the next flag is there, um, if, even if you don't see it straight away. And then they just stopped, and we got to this point where Dave, who was he, he'd uh, he'd shot off ahead of me up the hills. He was calling down like, "Dave, Dave, is that you?" Um, Steve um, Kernan from uh, Hell Week, and Scott Stiefeld, they both they both caught me with um, with a couple of other guys, and we ended up with about seven or eight of us just trying to find where the next flag was, and we'd all be spreading out walking through the mist and hoping that one of us would find it and even with eight of us it was just so hard um and so 
after a 25 minute mile where we were obviously what was great actually because we all knew that third place was still up for grabs and so you were you were in this 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 balance of we obviously want to help everyone and make sure everyone's all right but if i find the flag first and shout people on i'm going to be you know 40 50 meters ahead of everyone and so actually that puts me on for um for third place so we're all kind of helping each other out a bit you know having this camaraderie <laughs> but having that at the back of my mind um but also in the back of my mind as well was that dave was ahead of me and he deserves to be in third place and i don't you see it's, it's, for me if someone gets lost and that's their fault then yeah, I, yeah i've got no problem with with finishing ahead of them but if someone loses a place because of the course that's what i'm not happy yeah absolutely i agree with that i totally agree with that yeah picking that place up and so we got to the point where it was like right this is taking ages now um and i doubt we're i I doubt we're going to finish fourth anyway a third place anyway but also i think dave you know whatever happens dave should be in third place um you know he 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 was he was going to get third and then um and then it got, as it was taking even longer, it gets to that point of, right, I've, I've lost I've lost my will to be competitive. <laughs> and actually, I just... That um, happens a lot, a lot earlier on for me. A lot, yeah, a lot earlier. Yeah, yeah. Literally, as I'm on the start line, looking yeah. at other people, I'm like, the competition's not going to happen at this point. Yeah, I mean, for that, and, and there, then became a point of like, oh shit, if, we are fine, if we're struggling with this... And like Steve, for example, he has been training in the Pentlands every weekend doing Hell Fit, which is, I think, 16 miles of... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So this this for him is just, this is like a training run. Or should and, be. Or should be, yeah. And so for him to be complete, we were all, and Dave, you know, he's ex-military. Um, I'm not incredible at navigation, but... You know, I'm, I'm I'm reasonably experienced. So between us, to, for none of us to be able to find it, he, even he did, though, he did a Facebook live of it, and I remember watching that. Of you, you just all sat on that hill with a mist <laughs> around you. And do you know what? Anyone that's ever done any sort of hiking in the Lake District or or, or North Wales, um, just knows that feeling of just literally just being there and just going, I have no idea <laughs> where we are. I don't I don't even know which direction to start walking down in. I mean, like, I just for some reason I've got it completely disoriented. But to to do that on a race, that's that's worse because you have an urgency about it as well. It feels yeah. like you have to like I've got to make a decision quickly. If you're hiking, you just go, I'll just sit here until I'm I'm ready to. It's not raining. It's not like the weather's not coming in. I'm just there's mist, but actually yeah. we're we're all right. Um, we've got enough food and stuff like that. But when you're in a race, you're like, I, oh God, I've got to do this quickly. There, there is an urgency about it. And, that's, and the things. We weren't even lost as, because we were where the flags were, and we we probably found five or six flags in a row. So we were on the route. It was just taking us so long to find the flags each time. Um, and 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 so we we then called. I, I called Sarah and explained like basically we're getting lost as a group of eight. So someone by themselves who's not experienced is going to be in real trouble. Um, I like the way you frame that. Even us guys who are so experienced, <laughs> we've got, we're getting lost. So I'm I'm only telling you that because people that are shitter than us might get <laughs> lost as well. I love that. 
Oh, I think any time that you're helping someone else, it it, <laughs> feel, it takes away the failings of yourself, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, doesn't it? I'm, Reflect, here. Yeah. I'm here. I'm here to help you, but actually, I'm lost as well. But I'm yeah. just put. I'm dressing this up as helping you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so um, we decide that we're this guy's got the GPX file on his phone. So we decide we're just gonna keen, we're gonna, bit keen. Yeah, and I I think he was German as well. I think you know he's had oh, time. But um, he he's he, we're gonna just go round. We we sod the route. We're just gonna go round the edge of this big island because we know we're gonna find the finish that way. So we start going, and he runs off we're, at this point we're like hey mate wait what? wait so we all say we, we all decide like uh, steve's there again right what should we do should we do this and like actually i think we should just look at a map follow that like cool um so he's got the map like okay oh, cool. everyone follow him and some people above some people below so we're trying to shout everyone to get together and he fucks off with the map he's, he says oh i want to do some running guys and just goes off by himself and leaves us which is pretty fucking bad. If we'd have got, you know, anything could have happened. Thankfully, it didn't. And actually, I don't think anything would have happened because it was the weather was nice. It was it was misty, but it wasn't cold. And we we we're, we're not idiots. We wouldn't have jumped off, you know, fallen off a cliff or anything. We'd have we'd have found our way eventually. But still, to have been in a situation where, in my head, we weren't on the trail anyway, so we couldn't claim a third place because. We haven't done the route, you know. We yeah. we actually end up doing eleven miles. So to then drop everyone who don't know the way because you want to, I assume it's because he wants third place. So bad, so so bad. Um, so that happens, which obviously unbelievably frustrating. And at that point, we're we're not that pleased about being lost. I would say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they, you didn't do a Facebook live on that bit. No, well the uh, and and that's it. After a while, we we kind of we we. So where was what, wait a minute? So where was where was um, where was Claire at this point? What was she doing? Was she doing the ultra? Claire was doing the half as well. She so was, oh, so where was she? Why weren't she with you? She well, we were. I was I was I was going out to race it, and Claire's been injured. So oh, actually, okay. Yeah, she was jogging, but um, but that was a strange thing as well because no one caught us up in the forty minutes or so that we were dilly dallying, fanning around which suggested to us as well that everyone else had got lost because we had been on the route up until the point that we thought, oh, sod it. Do you know what? Um, when I saw that video of you up there, it reminded me when I did, um, uh, what's it called, X Energy do a race called the Penny Fan. And, you know, the Penny Fan is the, oh, yeah. fa- the famous Penny Fan race. And lots of different people do it. And this is their version of it. And, of course, the Penny Fan race is... You go, you start, it's classic uh, special forces race, isn't it? You start mm. at the bottom, go up to the top, you go down, up, down, up, down, like three times, and yeah. then you come down to a point. And, and, but it's a different point each time we go, so it's not, it's not a fixed route. And um, I, I'm good at navigation. I'm good at that type of thing in, mm. in, uh, in, uh, in a situation like that. And I did that race, and um, it was really hard, you know, like the, the going up to the top and coming back down and stuff like that, you know, in, in, a, in a short space of time. And you're supposed to wear a pack and everything else like that. And people were in that situation. They, there were people that were quick runners, but they had no nav skills. No nav skills at all. Like they were going, mm. well, which way is north on this map? And you're like, shit, you don't even know that. That's like, that's like yeah. on an OS map. Like, so that's really embarrassing. Like that. 
I came fifth in that race. That's the highest placing I've ever got in that race. And that's simply because I knew how to, how to navigate properly. And there were people wandering up on that round. I came up on my third thing and there was a guy going, I've not been up to the summit yet. I've been up here four hours. Oh, and, God. Because, and, it, and, it, and literally it was the worst year they've ever had. He goes, I've been up here four hours and I've still not got to the top yet. I have no idea where it is. I'm like, you're literally like about 30 metres from the top. But he goes, I'm just, I've sat down here because I just don't know what to do. And it's so true. Like if you go up a mountain and like miss descends, uh, or, like any sort of height, it just, it totally screws up your, mm. uh, your orientation stuff. And people totally misunderstand how much that happens. And so just understanding basic things like how to use a compass and how to, how to plot a, um, uh, a, a bearing is it all of a sudden becomes uh, like massively important. And the only reason that I like succeeded was because that my, um, my father-in-law told me, showed me how to do this just literally like two minutes before we went on a trip up to the Lake District. But it, it's incredible just how different, how completely different and how much advantage it gives you just having a small amount of nav knowledge on a race like that. Because, like I said, I placed fifth. I, I've never been back at a time where people have been given awards uh, until that race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, normally you, you rock up and someone's been given an award, they've gone home, they've had a shower, they're watching you on TV. Um, yeah. and, and just because I knew how to, how to navigate, I, yeah, I did well in that race. Um, and 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 that's and when I saw your video of that, I was thinking it it felt exactly the same. Like people just stuck on the side of the mountain going, "I have no no idea what direction <laughs> I'm going in or anything." And it's yeah, just, and there's, there's something quite there's something quite brilliant about it. There's something quite like disempowering about it, but also quite I just I literally have no idea what to do at this point. Yeah, I mean it's just it's such a alien feeling to anything else in life. Yeah, where I mean you always know approximately where. I mean the the closest thing is. I have woken up at times hungover in people's houses when they've already left. Yeah, but you can, but you can, you walk out the house, you look at the street name, can't you? That's it, you, you know, and you'll know where you are. Yeah, no, 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 I've done it before where my phone's died and I've come out and it, I've been in a you've part walked of London. Into a street, you've walked into a part of London where they'd had no street names. No, they have a street name, but it doesn't help you if you don't know, if you haven't got a map. Yeah, but normally, have... but normally, but different, but all the, wait a minute, all the different street names have different colours on them, so to, to denote which borough you're in. Yeah, but if, you, if you've no idea where you are and you wake up, you'll, even, even if they, it tells you where the borough is, that doesn't help tell you how to get to the, get home. You're like, holy shit, I'm in Wands- I'm in Wandsworth. Uh, no, well, yeah, I suppose, I suppose so. And, uh, and that was a case of, and because it was, uh, I think a Saturday morning, there weren't many people around. So it was just a case of me walking around the streets until eventually I found someone and went, hey, is there like a tube anywhere near here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, you, like, are, you yeah. Guys, are you guys on the tube? Have you heard of the tube? Like, How far out am I? Where am I? What is... Are we still in London? Yeah, and that's quite is a Ross weird McDonald's feeling. Is going to pick me up at some point and uh, drive me home? Yeah, exactly. So if you're in a situation like that, or especially if you need the toilet or something, and there's no toilet around, you're like, oh God, what? That's the only time when you you feel really lost. But that's so different because at least you've there's certain things you can do to, you know, you're gonna be fine, you're gonna be safe, you're gonna, yeah, um, you you can ask someone eventually, or just keep on wondering. Whereas on a on a mountain like that, you if you haven't got a compass, you're right. You, so you did could be. None of, did none of you have a compass? Well, we we all had our phones because they that was oh in the woods. Oh my god! Is yeah. that it? You, none of you had a compass. None of you had a, a proper compass. 
What have you got a phone? You've got a compass. Fuck you. That is unbelievable. You go and do a race like that without a proper compass. Well, th- th- I mean, that was the thing. It was, um, it was one of those races where I think there's something about, and, and maybe I'm tarnishing everyone in, from the group with the, uh, with the same brush that should be tarnished on me. But um, I think there's something about London runners where you do kind of approach everything quite, uh, is it laissez-faire? Uh, quite yeah. um, last minute where I I need to check the kit list at about 9.30 at night, the night before um, when we were packing. And then Briggsy was like, I was like, wait, w- w- how are we getting there? It's like, we're getting a cab in the morning. Cool. I didn't even know which airport we were flying from. So that's the level of planning that went into brilliant, my race. Brilliant. And I just got the sense that that's true of a lot of people who you kind of, you, you know, I just think London is always doing stuff. There's always something on. And you do get some people who spend weeks planning and strategizing for races. Whereas it did seem that nearly everyone turned up kind of half week it. Just thinking, cool, yeah, another race. Not, not, not realizing. The, the amazing thing is, I always think I, I turn up to races like unprepared and stuff. I, I don't I, and like looking back on it how other people approach races sometimes I think actually no no probably I don't probably I'm actually quite good um compared with compared with other people who yeah. literally think you know that they don't need to do any sort of navigation the problem is that um it's people that step up from like mainstream races to ultras yeah uh, I mean ultras are easy now compared with how they used to be or even one ultra to an X, like doing a Centurion to... Oh, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. yeah. That's the other thing, yeah. Like a Centurion to a... Uh, there's, uh, there's 100 ultras you could do that yeah. you know, you'd probably pay a lot less for or or even the similar amount for, and you'd need to navigate to a much, much higher degree, you know. Um, yeah. But, um, but, yeah, that's... I mean, that, that, you know, lack of preparation uh, is both a, a skill... And uh, and a talking point. But what what I loved about it is, I think in all races where something happens, there's always a rumor of what happened. Oh, like, well, go on, oh, go on. What was the rumor? Well, there was there was rumors that the sheep were eating them. What? There, there were rumors that the um, the locals, because of something to do. Oh, that's it. The guy at the beginning, um, he'd said that when you're lost, if you get lost look for the grey man. And they're like, there, you'll, you'll, if you call for him, you will find the grey man. He will help. So people started staring at me while he was kind of giving this little speech. <laughs> but um, we we eventually, uh, we just went round basically this island and then figured out where we thought the finish was. And we're like, right, either we're going down here, either we're going to hit cliffs or we're going to hit something very steep. And thank God it was, it was kind of this waterfall, very steep thing. So instead of doing the 13 miles in, we ended up climbing down this half dry waterfall, uh, which is pretty cool actually, which we loved and kind of trotting in. Um, and as we were finishing, we then saw the gray man for the, who was the guy who was, he was talking about the gray man. who was, he was meant to be helping us. We're like, Oh, great. Now we're off the mountain. We're finally finding the guy who actually knows what to do. Um, but yeah that's a good thing so at the finish they had hot tubs and nice uh, they had free beer and then also a uh a sauna it was by the sea so you could run in the sea and then also um like a, a, a mobile brewery which is pretty good what but, 
But the, the rumours were that the locals, there was something about the spirits in part of the route and some of the locals weren't happy about get running over the area with the spirits and so they may have removed some of the flags so sounds, sounds like mds yeah but i love there's always rumors always rumors are spread around um but, but yeah that the the for the for the, all the other races, I think people really struggled too because it was so hard. Um, but I mean, it was it was an unbelievable experience, and the views were insane. Where they? On Facebook. Oh my god! What, what before the mist descended? Well, you could get above the mist and get above the clouds. Oh, really? And, the, and even the mist would would blow through. So at times we'd you you couldn't see more than three or four meters, but then suddenly the wind would come and you could see right across the valley, and then it would vanish again. So it was really quite unpredictable um but yeah the people on the half that race everyone struggled with the navigation of that section and um but and 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 that was the thing so thankfully everyone was safe and they you know they did have a lot of people out there who could help they they then relayed it as well um but oh man i think there are a lot of people who were out of their depth a little bit um similar to myself you know people from london who just had not really given much thought to what the race was and gone out there thinking it was like doing a a nice a nice trail race really yeah yeah absolutely so yeah so you, you turn up for a half marathon you think it's gonna a traditional half marathon it's gonna be flat it's gonna be fast it's gonna be easy and then someone decides yeah. to do a half marathon <laughs> over a bunch of hills and you just yeah. you just don't expect that yeah absolutely um and and a lot of it actually is just just knowing it, it's the first time you do a race obviously no one really knows what to expect and uh, it was taking people who are uh, of one style of community and putting them in a completely different um elements to what they're used to but i mean everyone everyone got back and, and the, the good thing was it was a proper i mean being sat in a hot tub where there's free beer on the side <laughs> That's good. Was there a dead was there a dead dolphin or whale though in the hot tub? <laughs> it was it was <laughs> it was boiling blood. It was whale blood. Absolutely. But um but yeah, they then looked after you for the whole weekend, which is really cool as well. So um at night they they had a DJ that was um reduced price beer in the bar and Wait a minute, people... so you say reduced price beer, but Iceland is is renowned for the expense of its beer. How how expensive is beer in the Faroe Islands? Oh, it's. I mean, I didn't really check. You know, when you go on holiday, and you think I'm not gonna think too much about what I'm spending here because it's just too painful. So the the I think it was half price beer was London prices. Oh, okay, okay. Just just on one rate, one. Uh, but it was great. They they shipped in these guys from Leeds who were amazing DJs. Um, had a huge party but then on the the sunday night there were all these activities of the day but because the people who'd done the ultra were obviously going to be so ruined they then did another party again where they set these dj decks up next to an abandoned lighthouse that looks out across the whole of the town and um i was speaking to theo the organizer and he'd um you know, i was saying like how how can you even get permission to do this and he said he'd his friend who was Faroese, because everyone knows each other, he just emailed the Prime Minister and said, Could they do something here? And she just went, Yeah, no probs. And that was it. All sorted. <laughs> they all know each other by you know by first name. And um 
yeah so in terms of race like in terms of a weekend such a cool thing to do and to have um and everywhere you went there were people from the race who you could chat to and all the locals are aware of it and what, what language what language do the Faroese speak what 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 what, what principality is it who owns the Fer- Faroe Islands are they independent they're, or what? they're they're kind of a sovereign a semi-sovereign state of Denmark like a principality they Denmark? they are yeah 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 it's quite weird yeah that's weird it used to be Norway, but then after the war, the Napoleonic Wars, for some reason, it was then attached to Denmark. So it's 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 now governed by Dem- not governed. It's it's now a bit like the Isle of Man um, for the UK. That kind of relationship um, or Bermuda, where what, what embarrassment? Yeah, absolutely. That's it. <laughs> they, um, so they, I think, on paper, they speak Danish, but the the way they their accents and the way they actually pronounce things means that they don't really understand each other. It's almost a separate language now. Um, but it's, I mean, they they they're less Viking than I thought. I thought they were going to be big men with huge beards, but actually they they all just seem quite pleasant and uh, yeah, really nice. <laughs> oh, but nice. yeah, as a race to do, I mean, it's it's not often that you get to go to get to go somewhere you'll never go otherwise and really see it in a way that you wouldn't, but also have like a community of friends to, to the people were going, uh, they did, a, a, they did sailing, they did surfing, kayaking. Um, it really was a you know, full weekend of activities. I think next year, especially they've, it's their first race they've done like this. And so you're always going to have some teething problems. Um, so I think next year, just a few more flags and actually it'll just be one hell of a race. Yeah, yeah. So, so what? What's the name of the race? What if, if people want to look at it? It is. So if you look up, has it got a weird name? It's got a weird name with like the circles and shit on the the letters and stuff, hasn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, you can't yeah. pronounce it, can you? It's, I think it's you to live. Um, you to live adventure festival. And it was quite nice because they they did some films on the Friday night as well that were all about the Faroe Islands. So it, you know when you get excited about seeing a place because you've just seen videos of um, people were doing slacklining, people were this lady swims every day since she was um, since she was thirty or something, and she's like for the last fifty years. And uh, yeah, so it's just just great great weekend. Um, so I'm not, I'm not 100% sure about going back next year just because I've been there, done that. But, yeah, definitely one for the bucket list. That's great. That's great. That sounds really, well, it sounds really good. I think, uh, I, you know, who, who even knew the Faroe Islands had a, a scene like that in the first place? Like, the, yeah. the only thing you hear about the Faroe Islands is, is that, is the whale murder. Um, and actually... And, apparently, and they'd been really sceptical, apparently. The locals had, had they hadn't thought that they'd be able to put on a race that lots of people come to so um i suppose i I suppose a lot of people think that as well i I, I don't imagine they have a huge ultra running community no and and maybe it will kickstart something there but i'd imagine next year there'll be a lot more locals involved yes it's um i i think often with new races the first year people are quite skeptical and don't really put their weight behind it because they they don't think there's any point um but whereas once they actually 
think something's going to be a success and actually is it's going to be there for the long term, everyone then embraces it. That's true. That's true of anywhere you go. That was true of Brighton Marathon. I, yeah. I remember what it was like with the first year they announced Brighton Marathon and everyone was just like, this is going to be a disaster. And then yeah. when yeah, when you see it happening and when you see the positivity that comes with it and you know, and, and then you and, and the thing is with those type of things, you you feel like when the locals get involved, when you see people out actually running more um mm. towards it because they're training yeah. for it and stuff and you actually see it actually physically with people on the streets or people in the gym or you know people talking about it then all the kids getting excited ab- yeah absolutely absolutely all those things yeah. around it you know there's 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 like there's you you can't help but gain from having like mass participation sport as much as people may or may not like it but it, it has a positive impact in the places they go and that fits in with the you know the impact episode that we talked about and fits in with with this as well and yeah. uh you know, it, it, it especially if you are a if you're a country where people would never normally come to you it, yeah if you said to them I'll come to Faroe Islands because of our brilliant whale history and how we treat them no one ever come to that but if you say we'll put on a marathon people are going to be drawn to you in a way they wouldn't have otherwise done it anyway because you're exploring their 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 landscape in, in a completely different way so actually choosing to to run a marathon or an ultra or, or things like that is it's probably a way of getting people to a country and experience you in a way that they wouldn't well no one no one whoever goes oh no i'm gonna do i might go to the fair islands for this weekend no yeah one. and that's thing it, it's quite a long way to go for a trip that realistically you're going to go to iceland because it's kind of similar but bigger and with geezers and with yeah, um, and that, and that's the tourist destination. So what do they have to do? Yeah. They have to do something. They have to have a, a race that's challenging and exciting, and they need to put a shitload of stuff on afterwards that makes it just brilliant. I mean, like, yeah. no, just think about beer, beer. What's it, beer lovers? No yeah. one would ever go to Liège, really. Yeah, but you put the you put the best race on on the planet, and all of a sudden Liège is the place to be. Absolutely, absolutely. Liège and Faroe. Yeah, Liège yeah. and Faroe. That's the yeah. thing. Yeah. Well, um, that was a catch up. We uh, we don't do them that often, but we've we've had quite a glut of interviews, haven't we? Back to back. We have had a glut of interviews. You've 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 got some great people on in the last last few weeks and stuff, and and real uh, like variety of people as well. But um, yeah, I feel I still feel we've got loads of stuff to uh, to share. So as we're recording this, um, so I still I still haven't talked about the Cliff Bar episode. It's funny because we talked about Cliff Bar. I had the Cliff Bar episode of um that podcast um how i built this um which we'll talk about in the future but um as we're doing this um kip chogi has um set a world record again which yeah uh, which uh i'm not sure actually that'll be much of an episode in the future but i think it's worth mentioning yeah i mean um have you watched it no why would i watch that's the thing why would i watch someone run a marathon well highlights highlights say Right. What is the highlight? Him crossing the line. I just, I, I, some people get very excited about watching someone run a marathon. It's the dullest thing you've ever seen. Yeah, that's true. Well, I, well, I haven't seen it either, but it can be good if there's a genuine competitive element. Between you're, looking at someone, you're just looking at yeah. someone running. I can't tell the difference between someone running a 13, mile, 13 miles per hour pace or a 12.7 miles per hour pace. They all look the same. The only thing that gets interesting is if they're racing against someone and that person falls out early or is overtaking yeah. them and stuff like that. That's when it gets interesting. But it's yeah. Kipchoge. Like, there was no, there was never any doubt that he was going to win that. It's just 
how quickly he was going to do it. Yeah, I think he broke early from what I read. So, but the, I mean, the interesting thing now is he's well. Morton have come out with a new product, so you can now take Morton gels with they're saying up to 100 grams of carbs per hour, which is a huge amount. So he's got that. He's got his Nike trainers. Um, it'll be really interesting. I don't think anyone will ask him, but how what percentages he'd actually give to nutrition and trainers for his improvement in time because it could be that he's no better than the last you know 10 years of marathon runners yeah, but those two things but the technology the technology has helped him to get that thing and he hasn't even and the thing is he hasn't even discovered caffeine bullet yet he hasn't yet yeah i mean he is going to be sub dare dare we dare we risk uh making bold claims but guaranteed bad boy guaranteed can, can you can 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 caffeine bullet extend to the sponsorship of kipchoge i don't know what, 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 what sort of level of sponsorship would that cost i mean i think we'd have to give him like a pack a week oh like, wait a minute that's crazy yeah. a pack a week and a lot of toilet roll just in case <laughs> but uh no but he um but it, it would be interesting to, to actually chat to him and say, like, what, what is the difference? Because I can't think of anything in the last 25 years that has revolutionized um, how fast you can run compared to um, Morton and Nike Vaporfly. What about beetroot? You, you were a big fan of beetroot earlier. Beetroot, but not for – I mean, that that's, can be really positive for some people, but not for the elites. It doesn't it's, – it's been oh, shown. Oh, does it not? Te- oh, really? Yeah. Nah, it doesn't. And, and it so might be – So it, I won't – there's no point in me bothering beetroot then. That's what you're saying. Nah, yeah. you're good, mate. You're good. Okay. You're grand. But, it, I mean, it could be that. It's, you know, caffeine. I don't know how well it was understood. 20 years ago and if it was but I, I think it probably was fairly well known because the you know the cycling studies that everyone quotes are from a long time ago like the 80s so um the EPO seems to be very very effective yeah that is true that is no true no one really mentions that well yeah no, certainly no one mentions that in cycling circles which is which is ironic really um yeah I mean I do, I do hope that that Kipchoge is is clean I've I've no idea yeah, I've, I've got no inkling one way or the other, so I'd like to assume he is clean. Um, I think especially as he's not ever jumped massively, he's always, you know, he's... he's... It's really, it's a really interesting thing, So I was looking at the um, uh, the graph that, mm. that demonstrates the thing, and, you know, and how it, it, it you know, it's a, uh, it's a quite a deep graph that, that softens massively as you get closer to the two-hour mark. And... I, I wonder how when he breaks when well when he or someone else breaks the two hour mark how quickly other people break the two hour mark whether it will be a four minute mile situation or not. No, I, I don't think it will be because if I think if there were four or five like the, with the four minute mile there were so many people that were it, it wasn't a case of is someone going to break a four minute mile it was who of these many people that are incredibly close to breaking a four minute mile will do it first. Because it it was an almost perceived mental barrier, whereas with the two hour marathon, I don't think it's a mental thing at the moment because people aren't even getting close to it. Like a, a minute and a half is a huge amount yeah. to be shaving off, and until people are running, and two hours and ten seconds repeatedly, that's when we can start talking about the mental barrier. But at the moment, Kipchoge is so head and shoulders above anyone else. If he broke two hours now. 
I don't think anyone else would necessarily get better. In some ways, it might get worse because they'll probably become so disheartened that, and they'll know they've got no chance of ever beating him that they might not actually uh, be as focused in their training. Yeah, that's a good point. Really good point. Yeah, I don't. Well, the thing is, what um, for for people who don't understand that level of well, like myself, who don't understand that level of um, uh, elite. Thing, you're you're right. What we're still like a minute and a bit off. That's still a huge physical barrier. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And but then he, you know, he's taken a minute off his time, and and probably it'd be interesting as well to know whether running at the pace during the Nike Sub Two project, getting used to even the feeling of running that quickly if that does change your mentality and you think, and it becomes normalized so that you do start to believe that you could do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing is that, well, surely that's all, that's what all training is, isn't it? It's about just mm. getting used to the, the level of exertion. Mm. Um, and then, it, and then at some point it must, there must be a physical barrier to how fast you can actually run. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, when I, I, I found some really interesting stats on him um, about you know the amount of like marathons that he's actually run because he hasn't run a huge amount of marathons, has he? Like official marathons, no. no, um, no. And, and all the marathons he has run is he's won apart from one. Um, oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, wow! So I looked at th- I looked at an article from him in two thousand from two thousand seventeen, and it it mm. was a basic analysis of him, but also his results compared with other Strava results from Berlin Marathon two thousand seventeen. And um, up to 2017, like he run like 11 marathons, and he was first in all of them apart from one. Um, so make sure that you always run the races you can podium first in. <laughs> so like, yeah. But he had something like, um, and he compared what his, so his um, like average like race week was something like 140K or something. Yeah. Um, but the average... Um, like Strava, like runner who was doing sub three, um, they would like track us like seventy three k a week. Yeah. So the average sub three, and then average three to four hours, forty four k, and then average four to five hours, thirty k. Which isn't like thirty k. It's like, which shows you how quick the course is, doesn't it? So if the people doing four to five, four to five hours for a marathon were only running thirty k a week. Yeah, that's a tiny amount. Yeah, it's a tiny amount, isn't it? So. Um, that shows you how quick the Berlin course is compared with compared with other courses. Yeah, although I mean the the thing is the win affects Kipchoge as a runner. Um, it has cups, and I I genuinely think that would slow you down potentially because you wouldn't be able to get water and you wouldn't be able to drink it. And, and unless you're drink, used to drinking from cups, it's a bloody nightmare. On a hot day, Berlin would be a nightmare because trying to drink from those, you'd have to stop. Have they, and, have they got cups? Yeah, that they only have cups the yeah, whole way around. Yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? On, on what is what they 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 pride themselves as the fastest, quickest marathon in the world. Yeah, and they do but, a thing that slows it down massively. But for the, for the elites, they obviously have their bottles yeah. and they have they have them their systems and their tables and their coaches handing them out. So it doesn't affect them. But for everyone else, and I've I've said this to other friends who are going to. You know, Berlin, like, right, we're going to go out and like, actually do practice picking up cups 
and you know squeezing them together and drinking from it because if you don't you're going to choke yeah well or you're just going to get no liquid each time you go through squeeze um, the room to squeeze the room together and sip out of it that's what you do with cups that's what you do isn't it mm. but even about, that's not great talk about squeezing and sucking who's next on the podcast who is next on the podcast? So that there's so is... much. There's so much things. We, we do a catch-up episode, and we like because we haven't got a guest to interview, so it's all about things. And actually, these episodes end up much longer. Yeah, <laughs> than even doing so But next week we have our love, our long-awaited love and relationship episode. Oh, this people didn't think this was going to happen, and it will happen. It is. It happening. will happen. I forgot that actually a friend of mine is, I don't know what that, I don't know what her technical name would be, but she is someone who, um, love doctor. So it's love yeah, doctor. Love doctor. Lo- let's say, let's go with love doctor. She is a love doctor as her job. Um, she's very funny as well. Brilliant. So if you've got any questions, if you need any advice, we're going to be talking about relationships and running. She doesn't know anything about running, <laughs> but Thankfully, she knows enough about people and about relationships that she'll be able to talk about what it's like to be in a relationship with someone who is potentially very focused on something that you have no um, understanding of, potentially something that you're both focused on, and uh, and how to meet people, how to deal with that, the issues it throws up. Um, and we're also going to be discussing Love Track, which we posted in the Facebook group already, it's a new running and dating uh, speed dating session. I can't wait. Yeah, well, of course, you have one love expert there, and they've got to have the other love expert, which is me. And then Absolutely. there'll be... And is, is Ali joining us for this one? I think she is, indeed. There's going to be a four-way. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, I've got a lot of wisdom to give in the area of love as well. Um, <laughs> You've got a lot to give in the area of love. Practicing Certainly. for years. Indeed, <laughs> indeed. As, Harri- as Harriet on uh, Tinder knows. Lovely. Ha- plenty of fish with Harriet. <laughs> oh, sorry. It was plenty of fish. Sorry. sorry. Plenty of fish. Plenty and there fish. are plenty of fish, that's for sure. But um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of other episodes we can link to. If uh, Well, if you if you like the, the, the idea of our bet, then do listen oh, to... Oh, Colin McCourt. Absolutely. Yeah. The Colin McCourt episodes, because that is, that is, how, you, that is how you motivate someone. Yeah, he's the inspiration behind it. If you don't know the story already, uh, listen to that episode. He has a bet for several hundred thousand, well, several hundred slash thousand pounds versus lots of tattoos. Really good episode. Um, if you like the sound of the the ultra that we uh, the, the the trail race, James Apperton, really good episode or to do with running in the Lake District. And fell running, Bob Graham round, all things along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. Any any you'd recommend, Jody? Yeah. So another episode you might want to look at is the um, on Iceland episode that uh, David ran, which is probably very similar in terms of your your experience, apart from the fact that you won that one. Yeah. Results very different. <laughs> results <terrain>. different. <laughs> same. Same. Same general missed action. Yeah, and in that one, I was actually navigating. I had a map and compass. So um, if you're interested in doing mountain running, mountaineering, those type of things, then, yeah, really relevant there. But uh, do let us know what challenges you're going to take on. If you're going to take on a 5K challenge, and if so, what your um, bet's going to be. If you wanted to tweak anything, 
to do with the challenge you've set up, let us know as well. Um, please do subscribe, leave us reviews on iTunes. If there's any guests you'd like us to interview, let us know. We'll go out there and we'll get them. But we've got, I mean, we've, we've got really good guests lined up in the future still. Um, lots, lots of people still coming on. So um, keep the suggestions coming. Um, get in the Facebook group, letters at badboyrunning.com. Anything about merch, JD? There's merch. Oh, you can buy hoodies now. If you want a hoodie, they're available to buy right now. Is that badboyrunning.com? Badboyrunning.com is where you can buy all the merch. We have um, various periods where we run out of merch and stuff. But, um, uh, the hoodies are on pre-order at the moment, but actually by the time this comes out, they should be generally available. So um, uh, if you want something, just uh, private message uh, Lorna Spain on Facebook and she'll be able to tell you whether it's available or not. Yeah, and she's wonderful. So be very kind to yeah. her. Yeah, so send a picture of a body part to her. She loves that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, thanks for listening, guys. I hope you've enjoyed it, and we'll be back with um, with the Love Doctor the next love, week. The love episode, <laughs> sinister. Silly, man. Absolutely. Bye 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 bye